Hello podcast listeners and welcome back to Betting in the Bubble. Remember when I promised that I'd do more podcasts when I completed a huge assignment? Well, I went off the rails a little bit and also I've got a few more assignments to do. So the pods are coming as we shape up to the finals. I know I'm running out of time, but I'm like Jack Bauer on 24 trying to defuse the bomb, save the girl, kiss the hunk, I am the hunk, kiss the girl. And do it all before the clock runs out. So, I'm going to jump straight into a call with our friend, The Banker. Hello, is this The Banker? Hello, Ethan. Nice to hear from you, mate. Long time listener, first time banker. I wouldn't say that, but it's nice to be back. I just wanted to talk about how good our fresh start was doing. What do you think? With the redeposit of $100, you will have to fire until a slowdown of recent. Yeah, well, we had the uh, Game 7 play recently where we missed out on big money on a .5 marker smart, but we got our money back with the seven points either way. Our first two markets hit. And we had a bit of riffraff in between. Anyway, where do we sit right now, banker? From the from the hundred dollar bankroll redeposit. You still sit on a hundred dollars. So we've broken even after all that. Yes, unfortunately, I... the big swing, big ding, didn't pay off yet again. Oh, I've had enough of that, banker. Well, I've got two plays for tomorrow, so I want you to lock them in, and then I'll explain them to the listeners after. What are these plays, Ethan? Okay, first play. Two units on a Heat Clippers multi. What is the combined odds of this bet? I'll get it for you. It's fluctuating pretty frequently because obviously people enjoy Game 7s and Game 1s. Would you say that the market is quite horny right now? Jeez, banker. That's a bit rude. The combined multi, the banker, pays $2.90 with a power play attached. The banker has locked in this play for two units. Okay. And now, a crazier play. Are you ready? The banker is ready. Two units on Miami Heat 11+. plus. The banker has locked in this bet. Alright, so we've got, we're covering our tracks with one, and the other one, we're trying to triple the bankroll, or something like that. 2.5, no, nearly triple, $5.80 odds. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. The bank has noted this. Alright, any other news the banker? How's the kids? The kids are doing well, thank you, Ethan. That's good, mate. Can I hear that beautiful pipes give us a betting in the bubble? Betting in the bubble. Alright, thanks, banker. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Ethan. Good luck. Ah, oh, that banker. He's one hell of a guy, eh? So, yes, yes, we all remember what happened on the Toronto and Boston series. 
Toronto were looking like the team to beat in the bubble. They were looking polished. They were looking good. They were forcing a lot of turnovers, and then they were getting out in transition and running. And their two-man punch of Van Vliet and Lowry were staying consistent, getting their 20 points, and they were getting an extra 20-piece McNugget meal from a guy named Spicy P, who seemed to be absent in the Celtics series. But it turns out he did play. He just happened to shoot the worst percentage from three ever recorded in a playoff series, but that didn't stop him from attempting a whole bunch of three-pointers. Now, what was the key to success for Miami to beat the Bucks? Well, one thing they did great was stop the MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. You would say that um, the Celtics don't have one interior force that they need to worry about, so that's not a check for them or against them. However, I would say that Miami have a strong rebounding advantage, particularly with Bam Adebayo, and I will probably have a little slap at that market as well after I look at it, but that's something for later in the podcast. I might have to extend past the bankroll to look at that. So why do I think Miami are going to shock the bookies and jump out to a lead? Yes, they're not reflected in the ladder how good they are. Am I overreacting to the Bucks series? No, because I'm focusing and I'm hanging my hat on one thing. The Raptors went to Game 7 with the Celtics and they had little to no offensive production in the half court. If Celtics play the same way, they limit the transition opportunities, which Miami don't thrive on, and I'll get you a number, a statistic real soon to tell you. To me, Miami have the best-looking half-court offense. The numbers might not... Obviously, when they're shooting 50 60%, yeah, it's going to be the best. The numbers might not reflect that it's one of the, the best, but with the pieces they have, they really make it work, the way they move the ball, the way they cut when someone else is driving or when someone else is stuck. And Goran Dragic, I think, will have a slight matchup advantage against Kemba Walker, who is quite hard to hide on defense and isn't exactly playing his best basketball yet. And Coach Spo is incredibly smart. He's seen what another smart coach, Nick Merks, Nick Merks, <laughs> Nick Nurse, has done to the to the Celtics by playing a box in one on Kemba. And if their Boston solution is to that is to let Marcus Smart hook him from deep and go two for ten and score fifteen points that way, you're winning and you're happy. Because guess what? Down the other end, we've got. Tyler Superhero shooting. We've got Duncan Robinson. Two young studs, animals. And then when it comes down to closing the game, I trust Jimmy Buckets Butler to make smart defensive plays. And he's so good at milking fouls in the clutch. You can go back, way back throughout his career. He is an absolute flopper in the dying moments, and it pays off for him. Okay, first thing I want to look at, Bam Adebayo rebounds. Let's check it. If it's under 13, I'm going to take it. So I wanted to put that out there before I look. 10.5. Taking it, taking it, taking it, taking it. Bam. Rebounds. I'm going to do... Yeah, no, just bam rebounds. That's free money. Jeez. Whew. Okay. Now, I'll pause this while I look up this next stat. All right, I'm back. It didn't take me long to research. First article, ESPN.com. Meet the NBA's best half-court offensive team, the Miami Heat, the most 
efficient half-court offense. So when you limit transition opportunities, they got you beat down the stretch. And guess what happens in the playoffs? Those easy ones, they tend to disappear. And it starts to get down to who has the best five on five, who has the best structure, who can space the floor. And of course, we do know it gets down to who can score one-on-one. And that's why the Clippers and the Lakers are also so freaking good because they have guys named Alex Caruso and Landry Shamet. You know who I'm really talking about. Okay, so they're my plays. Don't wear it out. We've got the value with the Heat 11+. plus. We've got the Heat Clippers. Honestly, the NBA is not going to let the Clippers lose Game 7. Let's be real. Clippers-Lakers, where this whole season's been going since the fucking dawn of time. Bam out of bio. Sorry, this is what I'm thinking. Bam. Two units, and the dirt is gone. This market, if they don't adjust it correctly, is going to be our little moneymaker. So we're actually betting $150 tomorrow. Don't tell me, boss. Okay. Bam. Over. 52 units. Heat clippers together. Straight win. And then heat big win. That's the place. Don't worry about. I'm big on this pod. Share this pod. This is a good tip. See you later.